All right, all right, all right, all right. What's up, everybody? That's good, that's good. Hey, we are coming up on Easter. For those of you who have not been in church for a long time, Easter is where we celebrate, I'm kidding. (laughs) Easter is where we celebrate Jesus' resurrection, and it is a great time to invite your friends, your family, those who have been far from Christ, those who don't don't even know him. Uh, And so, man, Jalen's going to give you a few details, I think, yeah, Jalen. Uh, about Easter egg hunts. How many of y'all remember Easter egg hunting as a kid? Uh, funny story. Oh, man, I wish we had the video. I didn't think about it early enough. We, so two years ago, uh, we went to Easter at my parents' house, and we were sans baby. That means without. And uh, my mom and dad put money in some eggs. And so my wife and I were young, married, and put, oh, she's still here. And uh, <laughs> I thought you were gone. That's why I'm telling the story. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so we're hunting, and there's like 24 eggs exactly. So it's like maybe an odd number. I don't remember what it is. But we, this was like to win the competition. How many of y'all are competitive in whatever you do? Like it doesn't matter. Okay. Those are my people. Um, so we are hook, looking for the last egg, and my dad's like, hot or colder? You know, how dads and grandpas do, you know. Uh, it's over. No, you're cold. Well, she, <laughs> we were running in a different direction. My dad says colder, so we turn around, and she starts running back. And my dad had just bought a German Shepherd, which are big dogs. And Emily straight tripped over the dog. The dog yelped, and then she hit the ground. All of her eggs fly out of the basket, uh, and then I win. I think, I think that's how it ended uh, and then our dog runs from around the corner. He was like chasing something. I don't know what he was doing, but that's our Easter story. Um, man, what a time. So if y'all are here that weekend, we have so many opportunities, not only for you to come, but to invite people, but also to serve with us. It's a cool time of year because we get to host a lot of people who may not come to church very often and who bring their whole families. How many of y'all like Easter's a big deal for your family? Like, you go, and you know you get dressed up. Mom's like, everybody in the car now, or we're going to be late. You know, you know, y'all are there with me. Uh, but do that. Next week, Amir's speaking. Pastor Amir, our internship pastor, uh, he's speaking on rest. And so we're finishing up the formation series that week. But tonight, last week we talked about worship. Tonight, we are talking about everybody's favorite F word, Okay, forgiveness, yeah, I got you guys, (laughs) we're talking about forgiveness, if y'all want to turn, Luke 1 is where we're going to be, Um, I'll tell you, I'm I'm going to be, I understand this topic can be very uh, hard for some people, and the reason for that is we tend to hold on to past hurts, things that have offended us, and it's hard to let go of, and in a culture right now, we get... It's actually celebrated to cling to the hurts and offenses that are, that are on you. And I'm going to challenge you with Scripture tonight that that is, a, that is not a good biblical way to live. And that's really not how God wants us to live. Because it says in John's uh, gospel that Jesus, is, Jesus, for freedom's sake, we have been set free. And that has to do with forgiveness the offenses do us, like the, the things that people have done to us, and how do we walk out forgiveness. So the title of tonight is, How Do I Forgive People Who Have Hurt Me? 
And some of you tonight may find yourself in a position where you need to forgive yourself. Some of us are probably in that boat. Some of you may be in a place where you just need to forgive God. I know realistically that's like God isn't, God isn't, God's perfect. So he has done nothing wrong. But in our minds, it's almost as though because of God, some certain things have happened to us. And so we may need to be in a boat where we need to forgive God. And, and, second, and thirdly, we need to forgive other people. And regardless of what boat you're in, I believe tonight we're talking about the key to, uh, a couple weeks ago in All Staff, uh, I believe that this, this is, I don't want to get into the story because I'm going to share it later, but I believe that this topic right here, forgiveness, and how this generation carries out forgiveness, how well we are receiving and how well we are at giving forgiveness will be the growth in Christ, the advancement of the gospel, and what we see the church to be in 10, 15, 20 years. Because if we do not forgive, we will be a hurting, we will be a people, speaking of the church, that is not appetizing for people who are far from God. And in order for the gospel to taste good, forgiveness is the key to that. You look at Jesus, his whole life, he was forgiving people all the time. It doesn't matter what day, we're going to get into scripture here in just a minute, but whatever it was, Jesus was great at forgiving people, and everybody said, amen, thank you, Lord, because we reap the benefits of his forgiveness. And so, Luke 17, 1, and then 3 through 5, we're going to have a moment in scripture, so if you have a journal or a note app on your phone, maybe open that too, and then like keep it open in the background, because we're going to switch over here in a minute. We're going to give you a time to reflect on um, a couple things uh, mid-message. Do it a little unconventional. Y'all ready for a little change-up? Yeah. Something different? Okay. Okay, Luke 17. If you're there, say, I'm there. I'm there. If you're not there, you can read with us, because I'm going to read it now. It says, Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. Okay, that's encouraging. So watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. What that word rebuke means is just confront them. Hey, this hurt me. You did this. This is how it made me feel. Bring it up. Have confrontation. Hello. Meet them in the middle and say, hey, this is what's going on. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Easy enough. I could probably do that. How many of you think, man, I could probably... I could probably be obedient to that portion of scripture. This is where I have an issue. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day. If you sin against me seven times in a day, you're just coming at me. Like, I got an issue with you if you come at me seven times and I got to forgive you seven times up in that day. Like, there's just something between me and you going on. And I I really don't want to forgive you if you keep coming that much that fast. That's just how it is. But Jesus literally says, and I know he's exaggerating to prove a point. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. You must forgive them. The apostles said to the Lord, this is so crazy. They said, Lord, then you're going to have to increase our faith. So tonight, I want to encourage you with, if it's hard to forgive, it was for the disciples too. And they literally saw Jesus walk it out. But they didn't leave it there. They said, hey, Lord, if this is what you're asking us to do and this is what we have to do as your followers, if we need to forgive people, especially as much as you're asking us to, 
we're going to need more faith than what we've got right now. So you're going to have to help us with that. Tonight, we're talking about the faith to forgive. And how do I do it when people have hurt me? Let's pray real quick. God, you're good. I thank you. God, there are bad things that happen to us. There are bad things that we've done to other people. And God, we apologize. But God, tonight as we learn from your word how to forgive, what it looks like, um, God, I pray that you would be gracious with us. Lord, I pray that there would be no condemnation. Lord, I pray that the things that we have walked through, the things that we have, uh, that have been done to us, God, that even when they're brought up, God, that it would be in a hopeful scenario. God, knowing that we can walk free from it. And Lord, we ask you to do that tonight. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for your son, Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. How many of y'all have ever had a splinter in your life? Like, in your finger, arm? You get splinters in your arm? Maybe? I don't know. Toes? How many of y'all got them in your toes? Sick. Uh, who had to get it out? That's what I'm asking. Uh, <laughs> gross feet? Y'all nasty. Uh, but if you've ever got a splinter in your finger, let me tell you what you're not doing. You're not just leaving it in there. You're not like, oh, let me hope this goes away. You know what I mean? It's like, you're not even really using it again until you get that thing out of there, right? Like, it hurts to even, like, look at it, almost. Like, you're like, I, I can't move on until this is gone. We're not... It's the same in our relationship with the Lord and with other people. Uh, some of us are hurt. Some of us, ha- people have done things to hurt us, and then we just feel like, it'll go away. It's fine. I'll probably just get over it at some point. Without even getting in there, observing the hurt, admitting that it hurt, and getting to pull that out. And then allowing the Lord to heal you, and then taking the proper steps to gain freedom. In this series, Formations, we've, we've been talking about how to have a strong relationship with God and things that are made, successfully made that have value, have a specific process. Forgiveness is a process in our life. So, who, I'm going to start with a question. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open up the box for some of you. Uh, and I, this, I'm just going to ask it. Who has betrayed you? Who has betrayed you? Who has lied to you? Who's lied about you? Who took advantage of you? Who has hurt you? With all of these scenarios, you can probably think of someone in your life, maybe recent, maybe not so recent. Maybe as a roommate in college who went behind your back, stole your food from your room. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You may be praying against them at that point. Food's hard to come by at this stage of life. So it may be a roommate. It may be a coach who've told you, hey, you're just, you're not good. You gotta get better. And that for your whole life has kind of followed you. It may be a kid in school who bullied you, who talked behind your back, it may be a boyfriend who, or a girlfriend who lied to you and then lied about you. It may be a parent, like a mom or dad, who you sought approval from and they really didn't do anything to build you up or speak value or worth into you. And really all you longed for was that affirmation. It may have been an authority figure in your life, church, school, work, who really their role is to protect you, to provide, like, provide ways for you to get better, 
to really help you grow as an individual and really they're the ones that ended up hurting you? Who betrayed you? Who lied to you? Who hurt you? I can't really understand every scenario in here, but I can recognize and I can relate with maybe how you feel in some of these instances. So in my life, when I was in junior high, uh, junior high is just hard anyway. You know what I mean? Like how many of y'all were there? Everyone. So yeah. Uh, in junior high, we, I was on the basketball team and uh, junior high is when I hit a growth spurt, um, not vertically. So, <laughs> uh, so we, and in basketball, for those of you who don't know, uh, in the guys' practice, you played, you know, they had the mess jerseys, but most of the time they just said shirts and skins. And then I, being the chunky seventh grader, always hoped that I was shirts. And one practice, for whatever reason, I did not make it and was on the skin squad. I just made that up. That's amazing. Skin squad. That's, don't use that ever. That's probably stupid. Um, and. I think a lot of seventh graders ended up just feeling more confident, but speaking down to and bullying other kids. And so they ended up calling names for whatever reason. That stuck with me for years through high school. Luckily, I like grew a little bit, so it got a little bit better. But that was a hard season of my life, and that was hurtful. I wasn't talking about it. I wasn't telling people that this is what happened. I was living with that. I just held on to it. A couple months ago, this is the most recent one, um, there was a... There was a spiritual role model in my life that for the last 10 years believed in me, spoke worth into me, added value to my life, gave me opportunities, even played an instrumental part in me meeting my wife here at the church. And uh, due to to certain circumstances, uh, we walked through something that was very difficult and it led to uh, me feeling attacked, like not valued, like I was a terrible pastor, and, like, this is the first time since, you know, probably four or five years that I had felt the way that I felt. And it wasn't until I started processing with certain people that I did feel hurt and attacked. And it was because who was involved. I didn't necessarily have a specific tie to this situation, but it really hurt me. And it, I didn't have an explanation as to why it hurt so bad until I figured out the reason. And I'm going to get to that a little bit later, but there are certain things that we walk through that we can't, we can't understand, we don't know why, but we've got to walk through it. And I believe none of these things are from the Lord, but I, allow, I think the Lord allows these things to help mature us and to strengthen our faith in this. And so as we talk through tonight forgiveness and having the faith to forgive That's really what it's going to take for a lot of us is just having the faith that on the other side of this bitterness, this grudge that we like to hold against the people who have hurt us, there is freedom. Having the faith that there's something better on the other side. Forgiveness is the key, like we talked about earlier. How do you forgive when you don't feel like it? What do we do when we just don't want to forgive? A lot of you have probably been there. So how many of you have ever, how many of y'all loved cleaning, like vacuuming? Three, four, out, yeah. Y'all married, I know that. Husband's like, she does, she makes me. Um, my wife literally has a vacuum. She's still here? Okay. My, my wife has a vacuum. We have like a Dyson. We got it at our, uh, 
wedding, wedding shower. Like my aunt got it. I mean, she bougie. So she's like, I get you a Dyson. We've had that thing. It's still rolling. Like her five years in, we're doing great. She's like, I need a new one. I'm like, what? She's like, I need one that's like handheld for Denver when we have a kid. And so like, we bought a new one, of course. Because uh, it's easier. You know what I mean? It's like easier to clean and faster. So, you know, we did it. Whatever. Well, occasionally on the floor, there will be something that will not vacuum up. Y'all been there before? And I'm like, I'm like aggressive vacuuming. I'm like, and I don't like bend down and pick it up at first. I'm like, I move positions and I'm like, I start vacuuming from here and then I, I maybe move to the other angle and it just won't come up. Regardless of what angle I go at, it will not come up. So what do I do? I end up bending down, picking it up, and then I drop it again to, to vacuum it up. <laughs> of course. Don't y'all do that? And then I'm like, it's for sure going to come up this time. <laughs> and then I vacuum it up, and most of the time it does. Sometimes I have to re-pick it up. But that's just how it is. Sometimes for us, regardless of what angle we go at forgiveness, it's just not easy. It's, it's not something we want to do, and it's hard for us. In our flesh, it is hard for us to forgive. But one thing, the Bible is not clear. It doesn't say that there's a cookie cutter option. But the word of God tells us that as Christians, we have to forgive. We must forgive is what it said in that verse. Matthew six fourteen, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive other sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. There's certain verses in the Bible that I'm just like, why? You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just like, could it not be like easier? Because uh, this is like, t- there's no questioning. What, I mean, in other translations, it says pretty much the same thing. And it's not even like an ESV, like they kind of got it wrong, they mi- misworded it. No, this is straightforward. If we don't forgive other people, it says that your father will not forgive your sins. We know that God is a perfect forgiver. We know that God wants to forgive us, but it's contingent on us forgiving other people. So I'm going to ask you, how well are you, are you at forgiving other people? How, well, how, how good are you at forgiving others? How quick are you to forgive? Every marriage is made up of two good forgivers. Your marriage will not last if you're prideful, like Darren talked about, self-righteous. Every marriage that lasts 30, 40, 50 years, I can guarantee you there are two good forgivers. One thing that we do, not, that we do know is forgiveness is not fair. How many of you can relate with that? Like, <laughs> forgiveness is not like, oh, that feels better. They really got what they want. <laughs> or they really got what they deserve. Like, that's, I've never felt that way when I've forgiven people. Psalm 103, 10 through 12 says, He does not treat us, this is speaking of Jesus, He does not treat us as our sins deserve, thank the Lord, or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His love for those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, casting crowns, what's up? Every time I read this verse, that's what I think of. I'm not singing it, I don't care how much you ask me. Uh, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Thank the Lord that forgiveness is not fair. If we truly got what we deserved, none of us would really be here. (laughs) 
core, we would not want to be here. Because our relationship with God is so one-sided. God did it all. And all we have to do is say, yes, I'll follow you. And then work on living as he asked us to. But God laid it all out. He was like, regardless of what you choose to do, I'm going to forgive you from the, from the go. That brings us so much peace and confidence, but then we have to realize that forgiveness is optional for us if we choose and it's optional to forgive other people. Um, this is where we're going to spend a few minutes, just a minute. But what have you been forgiven for? I'm going to open up my heart and my life. Uh, I listed out a few. Pride. Being married, having a kid, I've realized I'm very prideful, um, selfish. He's uh, set me free, forgiven me from lustful thoughts all through college. Addiction. Lying as a kid. Like, I lied good. Is that good English? I don't even know. I mean, I, I lied a lot and I lied well. But that's not, that doesn't make it better. <laughs> I still lied a lot. I stole a lot of different things from friends, from neighbors, whatever it may be, because I wanted it. He's forgiven me for so much. For you, what has he forgiven you for? There's this video on Instagram I want to show really quick. This explains it so, so well. Still love me, Lord, even in my darkest moments, when I was in all the wrong places with all the wrong people. Say thank you at the drive-thru When I stole a DVD of Shrek 2 When I committed tax fraud And my brother went to prison Even though it was me When I pushed that old lady down the hill For no reason When I told my friend His dog went missing But I ran it over Amen, amen. <laughs> Cam, Cam legit worshiping in the back. <laughs> Look, we all got baggage. It don't matter. I know that's like, hopefully he didn't run over the dog and tell his friend. But like, some of us got some real stuff that we have been forgiven for. Some serious stuff that we've been forgiven for. Undeservingly. And I just want to take just a moment before we move on and take 30, 40 seconds if you've got the note app in your phone, if you've got your journal there, I just want to take a few seconds and write down some of the things that, as we reflect, that God has forgiven us for. Like, what has God truly forgiven you for? I'm going to give you a few seconds without talking, just to kind of write those down, think about it. small it could be recent it could be this week it could be 6, 10, 12 years ago
I'm going to finish. You can keep writing down if you'd like. But how many of you love the joy of the Lord, the hope that He gives us, the purpose, the peace? Those flow to us. And then there are certain things that flow through us. And forgiveness has to be one of those things. It flows to you and it has to flow through you. The Lord's Prayer says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. How many of you in sports and like quoted this and said it like really fast? And you really didn't know what you're saying, <laughs> but you said it. If you, if you know it, just read it with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Hold on. Matthew 6, verse 12. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. The comma there is key because we all pray and we want this to come true and we know it is, forgive us our sins. And then Jesus says it. He's teaching his disciples how to pray here. As we have forgiven those who sin against us. Again, our forgiveness is pending our forgiveness of other people. Listen, forgiveness is not easy. Easy is living in bitterness. Easy is not confronting. Easy is not rebuking people. Forgiveness doesn't change the past. Craig Rochelle says it changes your soul. It sets you free. When we forgive other people, when we choose not to forgive other people, they don't feel it. We feel it. When we choose to forgive other people, we feel it. We feel the freedom that comes with it. We feel what lifts off of us. So how do we do it? It's necessary, we know it. How do we do it? Really quickly, I'm gonna give you one of my pastors, Aaron Caruzzi here at the church. When all of this went down with me, I struggled for several weeks to even figure out why I was so emotionally affected and why I was moved so much and why it hurt me so much that something I was not even really directly impacted by, why I felt so much of it. And so through these steps, this is what helped me to ultimately get to a point where I could forgive, where I wanted to forgive. And I hope this helps us get to that point too. How do I forgive? Admit the hurt. Point number one. It's real and we cannot act like it's not. As leaders... And as somebody who really hasn't walked through pain like this before, I can honestly say I probably didn't handle it well for people that I, that I walked through this with prior to this experience. And so I thank them for the grace as an inexperienced leader in this area. But if you're a leader and you find yourself with a friend, somebody who's been hurt, what we need to do is just listen and affirm the way that they feel. Because if we try to prove the truth, it only hurts worse. We have to admit the hurt. The hurt is real, the offense is real, the pain is real. Imagine if you came over to my house and I was shooting bows and arrows 
for whatever reason. Just go with me here. I know it's, I know it's crazy. Uh, but I'm target practice. The bags are out there, and I'm, I'm, I'm shooting arrows, you know. You hunters are like, you're ridiculous. Uh, and I'm focused in, and then, like, you walk up, and I'm like, what's up, bro? And I'm just, like, still shooting arrows. I think that's what the sound it makes. Um, and then something startles us, and I, like, turn as I'm shooting an arrow, and I shoot you in the arm. I know, it's crazy. Well, would you just be like, oh, well, he probably didn't mean to. I'm just going to go on home. No big deal. No. (laughs) Of course you're not. You're probably going to be, like, screaming. Uh, Hopefully you don't say a few choice words. But you're going to be impacted by that experience. And so you first have to say, you shot me. And there's an arrow in my arm. You admit that the pain is real. You admit the hurt. And in that same breath, you've got to take the arrow out. So you pull the arrow out. This is acknowledging where you got hurt. This is acknowledging where the pain is for you. And then point number two comes, and you have to treat the wound. And what this is, is this is inviting the Holy Spirit in to heal you. Um, this was easy for me to hear. This was hard to do. Because this is the step where we go from acknowledging is sometimes fun. You can still be mad. You can still be hurt. You can still feel a certain way about whatever happened. And I'm not belittling pain or hurt, anything that we've walked through. But you invite the Holy Spirit in. Lord, and for me, I didn't, I didn't know what the pain came from. But to be honest with you, it hit a wound inside of me because I had given so much of my, when we become believers, especially me as a man, a young man, I, cert, I sought affirmation from my father. My father didn't know the Lord, so there was no way that I could have a spiritual father in my dad. But this man specifically played that role for me for probably six years. And then a couple years go by, we lose relationship, comes back in, and the first couple interactions that we've had in the last few years was this incident. And I'm telling you, it like, in, in, a, in a moment, it like, how many of y'all have been upset, mad? Like, I like got hysterical crying, like no man probably has ever done before. <laughs> but it was real. And I had no idea why. Until I did this step, invite the Holy Spirit in to heal. Because then what happened was God said, this is what's going on. And I was able to say, the pain is real. I, I feel that. Took the arrow out. I'm looking at the wound. I'm like, man, these words hurt. This is what happened. I'm replaying it all. But until the Lord said, this is where it is. This is what happened. This is why you felt the way you felt. Can I have that spot back? I thought I cried enough a couple months ago.
then ultimately what happened is I had to sit down with this person, had a conversation, because I ultimately got to a point where I realized what it was, and I said, okay. What, what happened was, it, it wasn't necessarily his fault. I released too much authority in my life to this, to this man that could never really fulfill the requirement that I expected of him. And so I had to sat down, had a conversation, and I said, dude, this is, this is what happened. It's the way I felt. I know you're not asking for it, and he never did. And I said, I forgive you. And then it was like the, that afternoon, I fe- like, it's the first time I've cried thinking about it or even talking through it. But I haven't had the emotion that was tied to this ever again. Because it was like, as soon as I admitted, Lord, this is, this is the hurt, will you come in and heal it? That's what he did. It wasn't like it didn't happen. I didn't give him that spot back. I didn't give the piece of the pie that he had spiritually and emotionally and mentally. I didn't give it back. You could say I'm guarded for whatever reason, but I'm not. I'm just honoring that spot and it is now God's. Some of you have lived in that spot. We've given some people too much of you. And at some point, if you don't surrender that to the Lord, the hurt that comes from that relationship will shake you to the point of you don't know what your response will be. And luckily, my foundation was strong. And really, I wasn't even in the circumstance. I was just brought in to help figure out what what it should be, what the solution should be. And I never thought I would be at the place I was. And then point number three, lastly, this is the hardest. This is what I told my mentor I I was not ready for. Break the inner vows. How many of you have ever eaten at a place? So last Mother's Day, uh, Emily's first Mother's Day, she was pregnant with Denver. So it was like, it was a big deal. Like you only have your first baby and first Mother's Day probably one time, if I'm assuming right. Well, we went to Fuji the night before. It was Sunday the next day. And so Sunday night around 2 2 a.m., I ended up getting sick, food poisoning, missed Mother's Day in the bed or toilet area. Um, And I felt terrible. Like I missed her whole Mother's Day. I like probably whispered it pain, Gatorade, mix up. Like, I don't, I don't remember what was happening. But I vowed to never eat Fuji again. And at some point we will. You know what I mean? Your Taco Bell will only mess you up one time, then you won't go for like four months, and you'll go back. You always do. I know you guys. But for some of us, we have gotten hurt. That place in us, we're not willing, willing to let that person back in that space anymore. And I still don't know that I'm there, to be real. But we have to break the inner vows because what it does is these are what holds you captive. This is what holds you. When we give into, I'm never letting that person, I will, I will never trust them again. I'll never be friends with them again. I can't be around them. 
these absolute line in the sand, these inner vows that shut us off to whatever the pain and hurt came from, the only thing it does is it, it has a grip on you. And until you break those off, you will always feel the grip from the vows that you have made. For me, I knew I wanted forgiveness because every time I saw this family, anytime I heard of them, anytime I saw them on social media, any of the family, I would get like mad. And I knew I can't live this way. I can't live like, y'all been at the awkward four-year meeting, you know what I mean? Like where you're like, oh, there's beef there. I don't know if like, should I, I'm gonna walk through the auditorium. You just like avoid it all together. How many of y'all try to do that on social media? Y'all like see them and you're like, oh, scroll real quick. Like y'all, I, I know some of y'all been there. We just can't live that way. So a couple months ago at All Staff, this is, this is the picture I got. This video popped up on Instagram and it wasn't until a few days later in a prayer, uh, we had a prayer meeting at one of our All Staffs. You can go ahead and play that video, Bailey. And uh, this is the, a video of a dam. And on the other side of this dam, this hasn't been opened in years, probably like 40, 50, 60 years. So everything behind it was rock hard. And the pressure of this water, I know it's gross, I see your faces. But over time, the water keeps gushing out. And once the thick sediment at the bottom clears, you see the water from the dam, it's almost amazing how far it will shoot out. But at the beginning, it was barely making it over the edge to where it would clear out the water from underneath. Now, I got this picture. I saw this on social media. I got this picture back in worship, probably end of January. And the Lord gave me this picture and the word forgiveness. And I think what this is, I'm not a, prophecy is not on high on my list. And some of you are like, are you a prophet? Did you just say that? I'm not, don't worry. I think the key to, for us as young people in this generation is we set the tone and we, we make disciples well and we evangelize well when we're good at forgiving people. For a lot of us, it's not gonna be the words we say or the verses we know. For a lot of us, it's gonna be how we respond to the moments that can, that can make or break us in the moments that people pay attention to. And, and the moments that people pay attention to are the big moments in your life where you get to say, I can either choose the ways that Jesus modeled for us in scripture or I can choose the ways of the world which are always gonna be easier. But I'm telling you, forgiveness has to be something that we not only receive, but we have to to let it flow through us to other people. And it says in Matthew 14 that you'll be forgiven as you forgive those who have sinned against you. And I know all of us need forgiveness. We've written it down. We've thanked the Lord for that. But what I want to ask you right now as we close, As we go into just a moment before we worship, are there any vows that you have made from people who have hurt you in the past that you need to let go of, cut off right now, tonight?
I know we went a little bit long. I'm sorry about that. And really, that only affects worship negatively. Sorry. But guys, I hope you hear my heart in this talk. This is real for me. I'm walking through it. Because I never would have been able to show you or tell you how to forgive other people without walking through this scenario. But there's going to be moments in your life, probably already have been, where you have to choose to forgive someone when you don't feel like it. And you're going to look back, maybe the podcast, whatever notes you took tonight, you're going to be like, man, what was the, shot me in the arm, what was that about? Like, some dude was shooting arrows, (laughs) I don't remember. And I hope this sticks with you. Because that, that analogy and these three steps have probably been the, the best coaching for me as I think about how many of you know scripture and like want to obey it? Sometimes it's hard to walk it out. And I think these moments like this are easy. It, make it, it makes it seem easy to walk out what scripture asks us to do. I'm going to pray for us as we.